Good morning, LCM. Good morning. Today is Sunday, October 11th, 2020. We are four and a half days away from the One Association Conference. We're expecting that each person will be richly fed from the heavens, receive divine revelation, cultivate relationships with other brothers and sisters, and experiencing worshiping and rejoicing with the family of God at this year's conference. Y'all looking forward to it? Amen. Come on, since we have all that going on, we just thought we'd take it easy this morning. Take it easy. We thought we'd just coast right on into the conference, make us few waves. Yeah, you know better than that. This is LCM. That's right. And today we want to prepare you for war. Somebody say war. War. We want to prepare you for war, in war, because you're already at war if you know it or not. Turn with us to Deuteronomy chapter 20 as we get ready this morning. Oh, yeah. Say there when you're there. Annie. Fast. Annie. Annie's able to get there before anybody else and doesn't even have one note. How about that? That's a girl that's ready to go to war. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. When you go to war. Oh, yeah. Here it is. When. When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them. Because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. Church, it is here that Moses is giving his people the clear expectation that war is inevitable. Did you hear the wind that started us off in chapter 20? He knows that war is inevitable because he serves a God of war. And that God of war is at war. Therefore, as God's holy people, they are at war. You know what that means for us? We are at war. Along with that clear expectation, Moses also gives clear encouragement. We have expectation and we have encouragement coupled together. That encouragement is do not Be afraid. If that's all he said, that would have been enough encouragement to go with the expectation. But he expounds with a because. Right? It's helpful to have an explanation that begins with, well, because. Because Yahweh, your God, who brought you up out of Egypt, who delivered you out of your sinful slavery. You remember that one who executed judgment on the gods of Egypt, displayed his might and his power? He went to war for you, delivered you out of that place, and is now bringing you into a good land? That God is going to be with you. See, our God is enthroned on heavenly high ground. And he will be with you because you are with him. On the heavenly high ground. Come on now. In fact, the title of today's message is Heavenly High Ground. Come on now, church. Did you hear the word that came forth this morning in prophecy? Yeah. Did you hear the taunting nature that God was saying? You rise up. You've got enemies. You're at war. But I'm going to tell you that I'm going to destroy them before you. Come on. That's the kind of attitude that we need to have this morning. Let's look at verse 2. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. See, that's what we get to do today collectively. We get to come before you. We get to come in forward and say, it's time to address this army of God. LCM, you are an army and it's time to go to war. Yeah. See, these priests get to tell you things like, it might just be time for you to throw up your hands in joyful expectation. Yeah! 
These priests are going to counsel you that it's time to go up higher, to yes. go up higher in your thinking, to okay. go up higher in what you're doing. It may be that it's time to go up high enough that you're getting to a heavenly high ground because that's where victory mm. is assured. Mm. Look at me here today. Victory is assured when you can elevate yourself and get up on the heavenly high ground. Amen. I don't know if you heard the word again. I, I want to point back to it for a minute. This idea that you are supposed to get up on this heavenly high ground because there is a fight, but there's something gritty about us. There's something that's ready for this fight because we are expecting to win and victory is assured on this high ground. Look at verse 3. This is why he says, Hear Israel, today you're going into a battle against your enemies. Not your wives or your husbands. Not your kids. You're going again into battle against your enemies. Don't be faint-hearted. Don't be afraid. Do not panic and do not be terrified. What an interesting list for us today. Yeah. Let's start off with faint-hearted. Faint-hearted is when you're, when you're getting distracted, when you're discouraged. Who knows? You might be indebted. That's when you start getting faint-hearted. You start losing perspective. That's the low ground in our lives. Don't be afraid. Somebody says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, you're not supposed to let fear be the dominating force in your life. You are only supposed to have fear for one. You are only supposed to worry about a fear of the Lord. Don't panic. Mm. Look at your neighbor. Tap him on the shoulder. Say, don't panic. Don't panic. Anybody had reason to panic this week? No, not us. (laughs) Reason to freak out about a situation that comes, an unexpected occurrence that causes you to want to panic. Don't be terrified by them. Come on. What's the difference between being afraid and being terrified by them? One is just a fear that resides on you, and one is a fear that comes as you're looking at the opposition. Mm. See, this is a good understanding for us this morning. Don't be faint-hearted. Don't be afraid. Don't panic. Don't be terrified. Why? Because you're going up on the heavenly high ground, and it's time to make war in this house. Mm. You know why we cannot or, or can be absent and free of being faint-hearted, afraid, no panic, and no terror? Because the next verse gives us the next because. Y'all don't know what the next because is? Come on, because. Come on, because. Verse 4. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. See, the Lord of the heavenly high ground has now come to stand with me and fight for me on my ground. Heaven has come to earth because I am standing on the heavenly high ground with him. When his heavenly high ground has become the ground that we stand on, victory is imminent, church. It's imminent. It is ours, and it is ours that it's a certainty. It will be had. But you have to remain standing on that heavenly high ground to get it. Come on, that's good. Let's turn to Psalm 112. This is actually one of my favorite psalms within the word. Psalm 112 and verse 1. Say heavenly high ground when you get there. Verse 1 says this. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's a good place to start. Just praise the Lord. Woo! How do you know you're even beginning the process to get up on the heavenly high ground? Because you just want to praise the Lord. 
Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. This is what heavenly high ground looks like, church. It's those who are praising the Lord, those who are committed and have a fear of the Lord and are greatly delighting in his command. What is it like to delight in his commands? I don't know, but there's a better version of that. It's to greatly delight in his commands. <laughs> See, this yeah. is the heavenly high ground. This is the highest of all grounds. Yeah. And it's the starting place of all real victory in the kingdom. Come on. See, we're giving it to you right here at the beginning. The way that we start is we're going to praise the Lord in the fear of the Lord, delighting greatly in his commands. You're standing on and fighting from this heavenly high ground will give you all of the military advantages that you need to assure victory. All of the military advantages. You realize that for thousands of years of human history, men learned that when you take the high ground, you're at a military advantage. Yeah. You, you can see things differently. You, they can't sneak up on you because you've got the high ground. You're able to launch attacks with, with more potency. Why? Because you got the high ground. Yeah. See, we're not just talking about only a physical battle. We're talking about a heavenly high ground that allows you to get that military advantage. Now let's look at some of these military advantages. Let's look down at verse 8 and see what we're talking about on this high ground. Y'all ready? Their hearts are secure. Say secure. Secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have a perspective that the victory is imminent. When your heart is standing on the heavenly high ground, you are always standing in a place of security. Let me say that again. This is a very important military advantage that your heart needs to grasp. When your heart is standing on the heavenly high ground, that praise, that fear the Lord, greatly delighting in His commands... You are therefore able to always stand in a place of security. Doesn't that security give you confidence? Yes. It gives you boldness. It gives you the ability to look down upon your foes and the taunts that they are giving you. You are now able to give back to them with a certainty that they're going to receive what is due them. But I want to let you know, the entrance to the heavenly high ground is guarded. It's guarded by the security gate of God's word. It is a living and active security guard that forbids the passage of your own insecure thoughts and emotions. It will not let them pass. In fact, it will go to the furthest extent utilizing lethal force to stop, control, and neutralize all threats to your secure position. Come on now. It is committed to making sure that you are standing in a place that is secure, that is guarded, that is confident, and is elevated above your foes. See, your insecurities, they don't have the credentials to get through that gate. They don't have the badge. They don't have the fob to open up that access to the heavenly high ground. They have no permission to enter this secure area. And their only option is this. Now, I want you to think about yourself. Their only option is to try and attack you from a lower place than that area of security. They're looking to draw you away. Your insecurity is looking to draw you away from that high position to a lower position of compromise. 
They bring you to a low ground so that then they can proceed to pound. Right? That's the military strategy. To get you to leave that high, heavenly high ground that is secure and concentrate on all of your inadequacies and, and insecurities. And there, it pummels you in the face. But when you remain standing, oh yeah, I'm talking about you, LCM. When you remain standing on this heavenly high ground, you will be kept in shalom, shalom. That's right. Shalom, shalom. Perfect peace because your mind is secure. Your mind is steadfast as you trust in the Lord. When you are positioned on the heavenly high ground, founded on the fear of the Lord, you are fearless. Amen. Say, I am fearless. I am fearless. Your face is like the fearless face of a lion. Your feet are as swift as gazelles. You do not flinch in the face of conflict. And you do not hesitate to move quickly to do his will. Isn't that right, Mr. Reassor? I mean, you got the face of a lion, brother. You are swift as a gazelle. You will move quickly and fiercely to pounce upon whatever is obstructing God's will in your life. When you have fixed your position on the great delight in his commands... Oh, get God's heavenly high ground enables your prayer life to become powerful and effective. Amen. Who wants a prayer life that is powerful and effective? Come on, from this heavenly high ground, you know what you're doing? Oh, man, you're launching an attack through your prayer life. You're launching an attack from an elevated position. One that gives you greater trajectory, greater precision, and an increased speed. It looks something like this. When I begin to elevate and stand on that heavenly high ground, I go, oh, Lord, oh, great and mighty God, you have turned my peace shooter prayer into a tomahawk missile. I mean, I'm not talking about a spitball across the room. I'm talking about the flames of God consuming the foes that stand before me. See, when you are positioned on the heavenly high ground, you can rest assured that you will look in triumph on your foes. It's a certainty. It is inevitable. The heavenly high ground gives you heavenly perspective. It gives you heavenly vision of what's really going on. You can see through the fog of war. Nothing takes you by surprise because you are standing with God and nothing takes him by surprise. The high ground lets you see rightly the incoming mortar shells and the ongoing attacks of the enemy. A heavenly high ground will make you secure. Say secure. Secure. It'll make you fearless. Say fearless. Fearless. It'll enable you to look in triumph. Say triumph. Triumph. On your foes. Come on now. We're building a church. This church is about looking on your enemies in triumph. That you will, in fact, look on your enemies. Those who get this high ground. You know who understood this truth? I mean, there was somebody who understood the attitude that should accompany this truth. That's King David. Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 22, and we're going to start in verse 34. Somebody say heavenly high ground when you get there. I I just want to tell you, Andy beats all of y'all every time. I'm just saying. 2 Samuel 22 and verse 34, it says this. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on those heavenly heights. Mm. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. Your help has made me great. 
Man, you want to talk about a military advantage. Pastor was just talking to you about that vision that's clear to see the incoming and ongoing attacks of the enemy. See, this is telling you that you can be immovable in your stand on the heavenly high ground. Amen. You can be secure. You can be steady. You could be steadfast because you have perfect footing. Amen. Your knees aren't knocking anymore. Your feet hadn't almost slipped in this moment because you are standing in that heavenly place. There is a surety. There's something that comes to a person, to a man and to a woman when your footing is sure. I've seen my daughter as she's working on dressing up nicer. Just had a birthday. She's starting. I took her out for breakfast on Friday morning. She was in a pretty little dress and had these heels that were so pretty. And she did not have steady footing. I'm all dressed up. I'm all ready to go. But I don't have the right footing. There's something that happens when you get up on the heavenly high ground and your footing is sure. You are able to stand steadfastly in his presence on the heights where he has us. You fight from the heavenly high ground, never leaving that high ground. Do you hear the theme of what's going on today, church? You've been given the high ground. You can't leave from it. That's where you fight from. Because your battle-ready hands, your strong arms, that group is multiplied. Your efforts are multiplied when you're standing on the heavenly ground. Church, his salvation is our shield. Amen. I'm going to say that again because y'all might have just walked my do- watched my daughter walk in. I just talked about you right before you walked in. So I'm going to say this again so you don't miss the scripture. We're just family, right? We understand. His salvation is our shield. Amen. God is our shield, our fortress. The righteous can run to him and be saved because of his righteousness. What is a fortress if it's not a heavenly high ground that's built? Oh, pastor, we're on the low grounds. No, you're not. We're just going to build a fortress. We're going to build this thing up so that you always are on the heavenly high ground. God has stooped down to help to make you great, to make you victorious, to let his resurrection power be at work in you today. Yeah. Come on now. The reason we start off our Sunday mornings with the Kaddish is so that you can remember and think at least one time a week how much you need the resurrection power of the Lord at work in you. Amen. Has anybody needed the resurrection power of the Lord at work in you this yes. week? You had some difficulty. You had some distraction. You had some thing that caught you off guard. It did not catch God off guard. Come on. You can stand sure and you can fight from this high ground. See, when you've positioned yourself on the heavenly high ground, when you're standing there fighting from this exalted place, we can expect salvation as a shield whether we live or die. No matter what goes on, we can have firm footing. We keep fighting because we are trusting in his resurrection power whether we live or whether we die. You hear what pastor said, whether we live or whether we die. It doesn't matter. Now, we're going to to layer this so you have good, clear understanding of what we're aiming at this morning. See, pastor said that when you have positioned yourself on the heavenly high ground, you're standing there. So everybody say stand. Stand. You're fighting from this exalted place. Say fighting. Fighting. See, this gives us the confidence that we know that God is our shield. 
And that it doesn't matter whether I live. It doesn't matter whether I die. Because his exalted place of the heavenly high ground gives me the confidence for eternity. It's not just for today. It's for eternity. You know, the word that is sitting in front of you, that word will last for eternity. The spirit that is within you, that spirit will be in you and with you for eternity. That's a secure position to operate from. That's a secure place to stand and fight from. It's a fortified position that you can have confidence in now because you can have confidence that will last forever. Let's go to Acts 26, verse 16. And say heavenly high ground whenever you get there. <laughs> Acts twenty six sixteen. Now get up. Now get up and stand on your feet. Do you hear? Paul is recounting his conversion on the road to Damascus. And what the king of kings says to him is get up and stand on your feet. You have now reached the heavenly high ground, son. It's time to get up off of your face, stand on your feet, take your position in the heavenly realms because this is what I'm going to call you to do. You're going to need it. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Here's the important part. Verse 19. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from where? Heaven. Heaven. The vision from the heavenly high ground. See, getting up and standing to his feet on the road to Damascus enabled Paul to be able to stand on the heavenly high ground before King Agrippa. Do you get that? His obedience at the beginning of his conversion was the method by which he persisted in and gave him the courage and confidence, the security to stand before a king and declare fearlessly the same message that he had always been declaring. It's how his walk started, and it's in fact how his work walk ended. The heavenly high ground gave Paul access to military intelligence, the kind that revealed God's war plan for that day and the days to come. That was said in the passage when he told him what you have seen and what you will see. I reveal to you my military intelligence Now, and I'll continue to reveal it to you because you're standing with me on the heavenly high ground. This supernatural military intelligence gave Paul the confidence to remain standing on the heavenly high ground. And not for one minute did he ever abandon his position from it. He was able to remain obedient And have the confidence to boldly declare to King Agrippa that he was obedient to that heavenly vision. And that he would never depart. He would be immovable while standing in the clarity of revelation that God had shown him and would continue to show him. 
Church, anybody need military intelligence in this room? Yes. The idea that there are plans and weapons that are formed against you, but you, by standing on the heavenly high ground, can understand exactly what needs to take place before you actually engage in something? That's incredible. The idea that by standing on the heavenly high ground, you get divine military intelligence. You do. That's inc- there are no codes that can't be cracked with this type of military <laughs> intelligence. Amen. You can have the Lord speak. <laughs> Was it Elijah? These, these men in the Old Testament, the prophets who were saying, yeah, don't go there. They're waiting on you. And they were saying, yes, it's like someone's in my own bedroom. They're, it sounds like they hear our inner thoughts. Yes, yes. that's what military intelligence <laughs> looks like. Lord, how do I know what to do? You get up on the heavenly high ground and you let him tell you what to do. Amen. You're not, you're not putting a Ben Franklin T-square of pros and cons. You're not guessing, trying to read someone's facial expressions to see if their micro expressions are giving a hint of what's going on. You're tapped into the heavenly source and you're taking your stand there. That's where this comes. Everybody turn with me to Ephesians chapter six. Come on, we got to be a church that rises up in our, in our ability to get some heavenly military intelligence going on. Amen. Come on, we got to get that heavenly high ground in Ephesians 6, and let's look at verse 11. Y'all acting like you don't need military intelligence or something. I desperately need it. I, I want I'm depending on it. Our Amen. lives depend on it. Our battles, our victories depend on this. And he's ready to give it to you this morning. He's encouraging you on how to get it this morning. Look at Ephesians 6 and 7. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This means that you can stand. Amen. This is not maybe if perhaps you might be able to stand. When you put on the full armor, you are able, you can yes. stand Amen. against anything that comes against you. You can do this. You are able to stand against any opposition that tries to attack. Isn't that, let's be honest with each other just here for a second. Isn't that one of the issues when a, when a, a demonic, an opposition that comes before you? Does anybody in this room ever actually worry And have doubt in those first few minutes like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure if I can overcome this. Uh, Well, uh, uh, what if I make a mistake? The Bible says put on your armor so you can stand. Amen. You can do this against any opposition. What if we actually believed the word of God? I know you know this passage. This is a, a, a familiar passage, but the reason that we picked it wasn't couldn't, wasn't because we couldn't figure out another passage to use. You need to be able to stand on this heavenly high ground and you ought to have the confidence that comes from that, from having the military intelligence that you know ahead of time that you're going to be able to stand and it doesn't matter the opposition that's thrown your way. See, that's us coming up higher today. Look at verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the authorities, the rulers. I'm sorry, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Come on, church. You got to remember. You, you got you to gotta stand on this truth that your struggle, your fight, isn't against that distant relative who's trying to reach out to you to distract you right before the conference. That's a great word. It isn't the, the broken elbow or the strange rash, or the unexplainable anxiety, or the strange sickness. I mean, I'm just spitballing here. 
Hypothetical. Hypothetically speaking. It's not your boss. It's not your neighbor. It isn't a defector. It isn't another deterrent. It is a spiritual battle that you're in. Yes. And you got to take a stand on the heavenly high ground. Amen. It's a spiritual fight, and you must take your stand on the spiritual heavenly high ground. This is where, this is the place that you can look on triumph. Look in triumph on your foes. This is where you have your heart made secure. What does it mean then if your heart isn't secure? It means that you're not standing in the right place. It means quickly get up to the heavenly high ground which you have been given access to. By the way, what does it look like for you to look in triumph on your foes as you're standing on the heavenly high ground? You got to recognize that the issue isn't the lowlands battle with your wife. It's a spiritual battle, so you take the heavenly high ground because you see the situation for what it really is. You fervently pray with your wife and for your wife instead of arguing about some ridiculous, idiotic detail. Come on. Perhaps that relates to everyone. (laughs) We know it does. Everybody. If you think I'm talking about you, of course I am. Your vision is clear. When you stand on the heavenly high ground to see the attacks that are incoming and ongoing. I love the way that you said that. Towards your children. you got to see it for what it really is. You can see through the fog of war because you're standing above it all. And you're able to look rightly. The heavenly high ground allows you to rally other people. Hey man, hey, hey, come on up here. You'll get clear vision up here. You'll be able to stand up here. You'll be able to win up here. Get with me. Look at verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, this sounds just like Deuteronomy, isn't it? When you go to war, when you go to battle, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Don't think about that maybe as a question so that you may, space, be able. Not maybe. I may be able. Isn't that weird? It sounds exactly the same. Maybe. No, it may be able to stand your ground. You will certainly stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, guess what you get to do then? Stand. Stand. Stand firm. You keep getting to do this. Never lowering yourself from this position. That, rem- that helps you to be remain immovable, Amen. secure, steadfast, fearless. Come on now, church. I know you agree with these principles, but you should be thinking about this week in your life. Do these words describe the last seven days in your life? Immovable, secure, steadfast, fearless. If it doesn't, if these words don't describe your actual heart process, your actual actions, then it's time for you to come up with us on the heavenly high ground and take your stand. You're never We're never going to descend from the heavenly high ground. And that proves that we have a fear of the Lord and that you're taking great delight in his commands. Stand firm on the heavenly high ground. Have an attitude about you that's ready to taunt the enemy. The passage that was referred to in the prophecy today said, let the weak say I am strong. That passage in its context is the Lord speaking to his enemies and go ahead and said, go ahead, rouse your own strength. Bring it on. I grew up in churches that use that 
Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Hey, that was wrong. They took the song out of context. I sang it. I like it. It, it, made, it brought tears to my eyes. It doesn't matter. I was wrong. This is an attitude that says you can taunt the enemy. That's what God is doing. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Get a good night's sleep. You feeling a little sick? No, go ahead and get strong. We, go ahead and take your vitamins because when you come against me, I'm going to put you down no matter what you're doing. Hey. That, that is what it's like to take a stand and make the enemy pay. Yeah. If he's going to uh, try to inf- uh, inflict pain on you, you make him pay. He's going to try to tear down you and your wife. You just get closer together. He's going to try to distract you. You get more focused. He's going to try to discourage you. You let your courage rise up. That's what it's like to make the enemy pay because you're taking your stand and you're bringing the fight. Oh, pastor has given us many gems to put in our crown. That one of explaining the weak, you know, say I am strong. You look into further word studies and uh, an examination through the lemma, and it will say, do your dangest. <laughs> do your dangest, man. Because you ain't going to win, that's why. We're calling you to join us on the heavenly high ground this morning. Are you going to join us? Here's why. We're calling you to join us to stand in a fixed position to fight from. The heavenly high ground is a fixed position to fight from. It offers you that security. It offers you that ability to be refreshed, restored, rearmed, defended, and going on offense at the same time. So go to Joshua chapter 10. Let's look at verse 7 first. Say heavenly high ground when you get there. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men and the non-best fighting men. We got everybody. (laughs) Most improved award right here. That's always mine. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, baby, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, who defeated them in great victory at Gibeon. See, Joshua is fighting from a heavenly high ground of holiness. The name Gilgal means their reproach is rolled away. They're fighting from a fixed position of holiness, a base camp of consecrated conquerors. See, when you're fighting from the heavenly high ground of holiness, nothing can withstand your attack. It gives you the right military intelligence. It gives you the knowledge of how to use the weapons of war in the heavenly realms. And your prayers and your efforts are powerful and they are effective. When you are fighting from this fortified position of holiness, victory is imminent. You can endure. You can overcome. You are never at a disadvantage. 
And even though you may feel tired and weakened in your physical stature, the power of the Holy Ghost is readily available because you're fighting from a fixed position of the heavenly high ground. Come on, turn with us to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19, we're going to start in verse 11. Man, fighting from a fortified position is incredible. What a military advantage that we have. Revelation 19, 11, it says this, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true with justice. He judges and makes war. Man, here we are seeing a perfected glimpse of what a heavenly high ground is actually all about. You're literally looking into the heavenly high ground. Heaven is standing open before him. By the way, I found it interesting today that the first thing he sees is the horse. <laughs> hey, hey, look at that giant horse. And as he continues to elevate, there we go. Wow, look at the heavens. Wow, look at the horse. Oh my goodness, look at the rider on the horse. <laughs> I'm not saying that to put down on the Apostle John. I'm realizing that I'm the same way. That heavens begin to open. And I'm like, wow, that's a neat horsey. Yes. And the point is the rider on the horse. Amen. (laughs) Who is faithful and true. Hey, sometimes you got, you got to work with me, church. Sometimes you got to allow me to, I'm, I'm lifting up my gaze. I'm getting up on the heavenly high ground and there's still more for me to go. I got to get my eyes up even higher. I already thought that I had them and they were placed in the heavens. But I realize sometimes I'm focused on everything but the rider of the right white horse. Come on, man. That's just me. No, it's not. This faithful and true rider. This, this one who is operating only in justice. He is the judge of all and he is a warrior. He makes war. I love that. Look at verse 12 to get a further description. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. Come on now. One, cause one just isn't enough. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. Wow. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Come on, what an incredible understanding that the Word of God is sitting there as the writer, faithful, true, full of justice. When he judges, he makes war. But it gets better. Are y'all ready for this to get better? Yes. We know that about the Word. We know that about Jesus. Look at verse 14. The armies of heaven were following him. Riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Just let that sink in for a second. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on the same type of war chariots that he's on. Riding on white horses that are like his, dressed in the same manner that he's dressed. Fine linen. Ours happens to be white and clean. His is dipped in blood. The difference is we're wearing the same thing and he's showing you what the outcome of this is. It's not just the dipped in blood of his own sacrifice. He's dipped in blood of his enemies. He's making war. 
We are dressed like him. We're equipped like him. So we got to learn how to fight like him. Amen. This is the path of heavenly high ground. We stand just like him. We fight just like him. Why? Because we're fighting from the same heavenly ground that he's occupying. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So church, just to be clear, we've laid out before you that this heavenly high ground is where we stand and where we are immovable. It is the fixed, fortified position that we fight from. But I want to share you one more very crucial and important element to add to this. It's at the heavenly high ground. It's where we die. Oh, I don't plan to just stand and fight temporarily. It is the fixed position that I choose to die at. Standing on the heavenly high ground is proven true only when we are ready to die on the heavenly high ground. Fighting from the heavenly high ground is made complete when we are ready to fight until we die on the heavenly high ground. The reason we are on the heavenly high ground is because we are willing to die there. This is where my life began when I was born again. And this is where I'm going to die at the end of my days. This element, this attitude of this is where I die, is what distinguishes those who endure until the end from those who desert and are dissuaded from the divine position of the heavenly high ground. Go with me to Acts chapter 20, and we'll look at just verse 24. Paul speaking says in Acts 20, 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My aim is only to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. How did he possess the courage and confidence to stand before Herod Agrippa? How did he possess the confidence to plead, appeal to Caesar and willing to have his head severed from his body? Because he wasn't only willing to stand and fight from the heavenly high ground. He was willing to die on the heavenly high ground. He didn't consider his life worth anything to him. This is the call for us. Let me read this to you. The next chapter over in Acts 21 verse 12. When he heard this, the prophecy from Agabus with the belt wrapped around his hands. We and the people were pleading, they're pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die. He didn't wait to make that decision to die when he would face death. He made it well in advance. He made it at the very beginning. Where do we, when do we make the decision to die on the heavenly high ground? It's now. It's today. It's the day I was born again. It's what I have to remind myself every single day. I don't live for me. I live for Christ. 
Paul was able to stand, be immovable, fight from the position of heavenly high ground that gave him heavenly vision. It gave him the confidence to be obedient to that vision unto death. See, he was willing to die on the hill of heavenly high ground because there was no other alternative to consider. I want to lay that before you. This this is the, the point at which believers most are deceived. That there's some other alternative of where to end their life other than the heavenly high ground. Oh, when I get old, whenever I retire, I want my life to look like this. No. No, I, I died the day I was born again. Jesus found me as a dead man. And I don't own any part of my life. I owe my life solely to him. We're going to put up a slide with some clear truths I want you to walk away from this morning. Or walk away with. I would rather die standing on the heavenly high ground of God's standard than die with deserters in the valley of descent. I choose to breathe my final breath fighting in the fortress of the faithful, then conclude my course in the cottage of comfort. My pursuit of the kingdom of God, this way of life, following Jesus, is the only hill I choose to die on. It is the only heavenly high ground that is worth dying on. Church, this is a lifetime commitment. You didn't just die on the day that that you got born again. That shouldn't have been the last time that you died in this process. This is a daily process for you to die. So you have the high honor of being able to stand on the heavenly high ground of God's kingdom. And that should be matched with a lifelong commitment to fight from this position and even die from this position and no other position. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's look at verse 30 and 31. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 30 and 31. As for us, why do we endanger ourselves every blue moon? Every once in a while. No. Why do we endanger ourselves every hour? Next verse says this. I die every day. I mean that, brothers. Just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul understood this. He's like, I die every day. I'm continually in the process. Every hour, it's something inside of me that needs to die so that I can remain on this heavenly high ground. Dying to my own selfish desires. Daily dying to my own desire for comfort and ease. Daily dying to my own selfish whims and wants. How are you doing about dying on this heavenly high ground? How many times is your heart insecure? How many times when someone doesn't agree that your idea is the best thing that has ever come about on the planet, do you struggle internally? That's an area that you need to die. When you're surprised that someone opposes you, how could they not like me? 
I mean, I really like me. <laughs> exactly. Why don't they feel the same? Join me in liking me. Join me in liking me as much as I like me. And when you don't, I'm hurt. We can laugh because we can relate. Yeah. Church, Paul says, I face death every day. I die every day. Dying to our own self-sufficiency. Dying to our own strength every day. Dying daily to our own ability to reason and justify yourself out of whatever it is that God is doing in you or wants to do in you. You have to put to death whatever belongs to your sinful nature so that you can stand, so that you can fight, so that you can continue to die on the heavenly high ground of God's will because that's where the victory that's assured is. You can't exchange the low level of thinking and think that you're all the while while saying you're standing on the heavenly high ground. Man, the more I pray through the tabernacle... The more I get to the brazen altar, I'm like, ah, I don't spend a lot of my time even praying over the specifics anymore. Yes, Lord, of course, when I do something wrong, I just pray immediately about that. Because when I'm walking through the tabernacle, I'm going, my character still needs to die. There are things inside of me that still has to die. They're still alive, but I don't want them to be alive. I want to stand on the heavenly high ground, Lord. I want to stand where you are because that's where I'm going to fight from because I have to die here. Philippians chapter 1, I'll just read it to you in verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed. Philippians 1, 20. But will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life, or by death. He will oftentimes get more glory out of each of us as we are dying. As we offer our very death, then rather than leave the high ground, the heavenly high ground, and go down to something lower, He can get glory by our life or by our death. Amen. And most of the time, it takes our death to do it. Look at verse 21. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. It doesn't matter which way because I already decided a long time ago and I've decided on every day in between, on every hour in between, that I'm a dead man walking. But that's okay because that's when his resurrection power can be seen in me. If I'm going to get to live through this, then it's going to be for Christ. If it costs me my life, then that's even better. Amen. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen. The only way that I can lose is to not keep standing on the heavenly high ground. The only way that I can lose is to try to fight from other position and to keep my life instead of dying on the heavenly high ground. The call this morning is to evaluate. Evaluate where your heart's at. Evaluate what position you're standing in. Are you standing on the heavenly high ground? Are you fighting from the fixed position of it? Are you possessing the ultimate attitude of this is where I'll die? This is why. Let me read to you Revelation 14, 13. 
Then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit. They will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. What deeds are going to follow you? When you're dead, when you're gone, when your life has been expended, will it have a treasure trove of deeds that declare the heavenly high ground? Is there a commitment to the Lord to stand on the heavenly high ground to fight, but you've never really wrestled with the thought that you have chosen to die with Jesus there so that you could resurrect with him in the same spot? Church, this morning, our aim is to strengthen your resolve to choose to die on the heavenly high ground. We want you to count the cost to stand and fight at all cost. If you do possess the resolute attitude to die on the heavenly high ground, I ask you to do this. I want you to encourage and inspire others to join you. If this is what you already possess, be inspirational. Be a magnet for those who want but don't know how to possess that same thing that you do. And I want to leave you with this. Don't be afraid. Fear is one of the greatest enemies, but it's also easily defeatable. All you need is to get up and stand on the heavenly high ground. You just need that heavenly perspective. This isn't as big of a deal as it's shouting at me. It's taunting me. Well, guess what? I'm going to taunt it. It's going to break my arm. I'm going to break its will. You're going to do damage to me. I'm going to do exponentially more damage to you. Insecurity, fear, pride, self-sufficiency. So we start from a place of standing. So let's stand to our feet now. We have to have an attitude that expects the supernatural. That our natural strength would never be enough. But his supernatural strength is always accessible. As we stand here physically onto our feet, I want you to begin to build a resolve to join your pastors and elders as we are standing on the heavenly high ground. Let me remind you, and let's read again the three things that I want you to walk away with on this slide. Your attitude needs to join ours that says, I would rather die standing on the heavenly high ground of God's standard than die with deserters in the valley of descent. Join us with the attitude that says, I choose to breathe my final breath, fighting in the fortress of the faithful, then conclude my course in the cottage of comfort. Join your leaders with the attitude that says, my pursuit of the kingdom of God, this way of life, following Jesus, is the only hill I choose to die on. Because it's the only heavenly high, high ground worth dying on. So join us this morning in going to our death now. So that we can possess resurrection life. 
Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word that inspires, encourages, directs, and strengthens us. Lord, we thank you for giving us clarity on how to join you on the heavenly high ground. And we ask that your presence come, come and fill us, come and strengthen us with the resolve to stand, the resolve to fight, and the conclusion to die where you are. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for being our resurrected King. Amen.